Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin, and I am back. I'm back, guys. I missed you all. Um, Austin is actually refusing to do a show with me anymore after receiving multiple complaints that our show wasn't nearly as good while I was gone, which is absolutely no fault of our wonderful guests that we had on. We had Justice, Nelly, Dynasty Coach A, uh, JD Yonke, all fantastic. I listened to all those episodes. You guys were great. Thank you so much. It was all Austin's fault that our numbers have dipped, um, but uh, Austin's throwing a temper tantrum. So as always, I'm joined by Matt. Matt, hey, how you doing, man? I'm back, baby. It's so weird. I haven't been on a microphone in what feels like six months. It's 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 very weird. Felix imposed a ban. He was upset because he's starting to realize that Kyle McCord is going to be the starter at Ohio State. <laughs> and he knows that this is going to be the year of Matt Bruning. So he's banned me from Debbie debate. It's weird to be back on a microphone. Uh, but I am glad to be back. Yeah, Austin was so flustered with that stuff, guys. I mean, he uploaded the episode with uh, Mike and Nelly. It was wrong. It didn't yeah. work right. I mean, me and Felix had to get after him at like 5 o'clock in the morning. He's like, dude, what's going on? Like, you have no idea. And he's not going to listen to this guy. So nobody – you guys should at him on Twitter. We're going to pull the old Alfred tray. You should <laughs> at him on Twitter. Say flustered or ask him if everything's okay. Because uh, he's just—he's having a rough time. He does not like the fact that Colin is driving the numbers so much on campus life. Yeah, it, it definitely bothers him. But like you said, when, you know, when he messes up uploading the sh the show, you know, how how can you blame him? Like, I'm not there to hold his hand through this whole thing. Uh, he had to do it by himself, and and he he messed it up. So, yeah, I think I just think that's why he's so mean to you on this show. He just, you know. Mm -hmm. It's his, it's only way to get out his just his anger with himself, really. So you should uh, you should feel important that he uses. I don't know if it uses you is the correct term there, but uh, <laughs> he, he you know, he uses you as his way to kind of emotionally hate on himself, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's like what most bullies do. You know, they they pick on somebody yeah. else because of their own like insecurities and stuff, and it makes him feel better about himself. So. That's why I hey Felix, I'm gonna take it. <laughs> oh, sorry, that wasn't meant at you. I was just, you know, no, no, sorry. Continue. A Felix will listen to this, so that'll be. <laughs> will funny. he? I don't know. Prop. Well, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that's why Austin is, is always picking on me and everything, you know. So that's why I, I sit there, I take it, because I know that I'm confident in myself. So uh, you know, if he needs to build himself up by tearing me down, that's okay. Yeah, I think that's the big difference between the two of us. I'm not that confident in myself, so I don't <laughs> always take it. And that's probably why I argue with Felix so much. Uh, all right. But yeah, it does, it does feel good to be back on a mic. So you haven't been on one in a while. It's been like two weeks for me. Yeah, it's been. How was the wedding? It was it was great. It was, it was really no, good. but none of us got invited, so I wouldn't know. I, yeah. you know, it was great though. <laughs> Everything good. I heard you had an amazing time on the beach, drinking mai tais, eating crab, and all kinds of other expense. I'm not a big seafood guy, so I don't know what else is expensive and everything. But I heard, you know, heard you stole. <laughs> Ma the I had some mahi 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 mahi. I don't even yeah. know what that is. That sounds fake. That's a fish. Is it's it fish. nice? They named it twice. Is it the? Uh, no, it's not the. Fish of Hawaii. I was trying to think of forgetting. Um, Sarah. Nuka Pua. Pua. Yeah, bitch. That's what I was thinking. Of. <laughs> that's all the reason I was thinking about that. I just wanted to say that you nailed it. So good job. I love that line. Yeah, I um, love that whole movie. It's an yes. amazing movie. Yeah, that's a good one. Jason Siegel at his finest. Yeah, yeah, it really is. 
Um, but yeah, no, the wedding was great. We were worried about the the weather. Uh, like all week, it was like supposed to rain like pretty early in the day on Saturday, but it ended up holding off until about like seven o'clock. So by that time, we had the ceremony outdoors. Everybody was already inside eating, dancing, drinking, having fun. So uh, it ended up going really well. And then, like I said, the honeymoon was was incredible. You know, Costa Rica beach. Oh, OK. I thought yeah. maybe you just like went to like Destin, Florida, which is like redneck <laughs> heaven. I know exactly. Not that you're a redneck. I, just, oh, okay. I didn't know where you actually went. So that's awesome. I've never been to Costa Rica. But I've heard it's beautiful. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, highly recommend, you know, we did uh we did a split stay. So we did two days at the beach, uh, all inclusive beach resort. And then we did three days in the rainforest and the rainforest was so cool. Saw a ton have, of cool animals. Do they have like a five day on the beach package or is it have to be split? Oh, no, you could. Yeah, you could oh, do okay. five days yeah. on the beach. The The UV there was extreme. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was slathering on the SPF 70 every You've, two hours and I still got burned a little bit. I mean, you, you've seen me in public as well. Me and Casper could have could have a, <laughs> a I don't, I'm not going to finish that sentence. because I feel like it's not going to go. Yeah, not gonna sound the way I want it to, but we I, are. I know what you mean. Similar both, complexion. I'll put yeah. it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same. But yeah, it's uh, it was, it was good. Well, that's good. I'm glad you guys had a good time. So, since you were dealing with your wedding and everything, I have been doing nothing but watching. If you've been following my timeline, uh, I've been doing nothing but tweeting about soccer because I have nothing else to do. There's no football, and not really a big basketball guy. I do like some baseball. Uh, but your your boy Austin was was getting a little grumpy with uh, have you seen this this Saudi Arabia Pro League stuff? So a lot of these big name players are getting these like hundred million dollar contracts to go play in Saudi Arabia for like a year. I think Kareem Benzema's the news. I don't think he's actually signed his. But he just got offered a hundred million dollars for every year, for two years to go play in the Saudi Arabia Pro League. And Austin, your boy was like, I can't respect him anymore. He's accepting blood money. I really don't care. Like if someone offered me a hundred million dollars to go do something, it doesn't matter if I'm making $10 million a year working or playing for real Madrid. I'm probably going to take the hundred million dollars. It's like generational money. You have any thoughts? Yeah. You are also a fellow footy fan. So mm -hmm. I figured I'd ask. I am. I am. Yeah. I, I think it's very similar to um, how like a couple years ago, I don't remember how long it's been, but there was a Chinese league that kind of did something similar to that. Yeah. The yeah. U.S., like, they get, like, stars who are kind of past their prime and paying big contracts. So, like, this is just kind of the latest iteration of that. But they're taking it to an extreme. Like, because yeah. Messi's getting, like, 300-something million yeah, a year a or something year. like that. Yeah. It's the offer. Yeah. I don't know if he's actually going to do it or not. Supposedly, okay. we'll find out this week. But, I mean, how do you... I semi get his point in not respecting them in the fact of because because Benzema could probably still sign for I don't know if he'd be able to go to like the high end European yeah. clubs anymore, but he'd still be able to sign for a decent team and make good money. But man, a hundred million dollars for two years and he still will have a career after that. Yeah. He's he'll still likely be a good enough player that it's to me, it's just hard to turn or turn down like that's like. I don't even want to say generational. What's better than generational? Like that's something that like sets up your, yeah. your family forever. Yeah. Your family has nothing to worry about anymore after that. It's to me, it's just kind of hard to say. No, I know some other people are saying, you know, how could you go play in Saudi Arabia with all the stuff and everything? I mean, 
everything the human rights issues. I mean, they're Saudi Arabia owners in the EPL yeah. now. They they own everything <laughs> yeah. now because of uh, oil money. So yeah, exactly. Qatar Airways um, yeah. is a big sponsor of a lot of different teams. Well, I think um, was it Etihad? Yeah, Emirates. Manchester. I think I want to say Manchester City. I don't know about our. Is, Newcastle or Brighton, one of them have owners that's like it's Saudi Arabian owners that helped influx all the money into the teams that yeah. made both of those teams so successful this year. So like they're intertwined in everything, except for probably the MLS. MLS is you know, and they got a salary cap, which is why they don't want to be over here because they can't yeah. they can't pay people seventy million dollars a year or whatever. So yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I get the moral objections for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, that I won't begrudge anybody for that. If they say like, uh, you know, morally, like I can't justify that, but you know, I'm, I've said it multiple times on here. I'm a shill, man. I mean, you, <laughs> you pay me enough money. I'll, I'll do, I'll do just about anything. You want to throw me a hundred thousand, a hundred million dollars to play my favorite sport to play soccer. Yeah. Um, you know, so you would give me a hundred million dollars to do that. Like I would have a really hard time saying no to that. I, I mean, I'm I'm with you. I, I even posted that in there. It's like, as someone who at one point in my time, which I, I'm not not ashamed to admit this, at one point in my life when I was like, I was not sure if I was going to be able to even pay all my bills because I'm like, what is going on? If someone were to offer me $100 million to know that my kids, 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 <laughs> never have to worry about that, I, I will sacrifice my what respect if that's what you guys want to put on it for two years and a, because you're getting 200 million dollars on top of that yeah mm-hmm. like the other parts they've said in his contract is like they're gonna pay for him and his family to move out to saudi arabia pay for his housing and everything so realistically he's not paying for anything yeah when he gets out there and i've i mean look I, again moral stuff aside here because i do get there i mean there's i know it was in qatar obviously all the human rights stuff that went on yeah. there and everything that goes along with the with some of these Saudi Arabia stuff that has gone on. Oh, excuse me. It still looks like a semi-beautiful place to live. I mean, it's not that bad. It's not just a desert with tents or anything yeah. like that. Like people assume, I don't know if that's what people assume. Like it they they've built up there's beautiful cities out there. Now they're trying to make this league important. I don't know that it's going to work the way they're going about it. Like you mentioned with the China, China like even MLS has done that, as you mentioned, to an extent, but a lot of that is like these aging veterans and they're not even making obviously that much money. They're making a lot more than some of the stars of MLS are like they're bringing in, they call them designated players. Like some of these guys are making like, you know, four or $5 million a year. And then some of the best MLS guys aren't even making a million. Like it's, it's an interesting way to go about it. I don't know if it'll end up working out, but to me, I just, I don't see how you can turn down, you know, a hundred million dollars a year. It's not like a hundred million dollar contract over 10 years. It's one year. You play yep. 30 games or 35 games in the in the Saudi Arabia Pro, Pro League and you make $100 million. Guaranteed. I'd roll yeah. an ankle in game two and sit out for 15 <laughs> games. That's what I would do. Yeah, pull a hammy. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's it's when the money would be sitting on the table in front of people, like, it would be tough to turn that down. You're Look, if, if you turn it down because of the moral reason, you're, you're a better man than I am. A much better man than I am, too, because... Yeah. If, if, look, I love working at Camps to Canton. If someone came to me today and was just like, we'll pay you a million dollars to do YouTube content for us, I'd be like, where do I need to sign and how long do I have to tell them <laughs> it's been fun? Like, I'm sorry. Hey, I wouldn't blame you for that at all. I wouldn't blame you. Felix would. Felix would. Uh, he might. No, he would. Yes, he would. He would. <laughs> 
He's always about getting the bag, though. You know, he's going to begrudge you getting the bag. Yes, he would, because it's me. If there's any of you, I don't think he cares. (laughs) If it was me, he'd be like, this is bullshit. All right, well, uh, let's hop into the the meat of the show here, you know, about like actual football talk. Yeah, actual after football every, talk, After everybody's already talk. turned off the show because they don't think we're going to talk about football. Yeah, yep, pretty much. We'll, we'll get through some housekeeping here quick uh, first, though. So be sure to go over to campusdecanton.com, our parent website. Uh, we have things really picking up over there for the offseason. We got pre-orders for the CFF guide. They're now live, so you can go to the site, pre-order the CFF guide for $20. It'll be in your inbox on July 1st as soon as it is released. The Debbie Guide, Freshman Supplemental Guide, also still available for anybody who has your supplemental or your Debbie drafts kicking off. I know I'm I'm starting to ramp up in that regard. Still time to go over there and get that. If you're an NIL member, we've been working through those one-on-one meetings that we have scheduled where we'll break down your rosters. We have a Google form set up in the Discord for you. If you haven't filled that out yet, uh, you know, and we're going to be reaching out to get them scheduled as you fill those out. If you're not in the Discord, you will definitely want to get in there as drafts and leagues start gearing up. We're always available in there for questions. We have an amazing community who's always looking to talk prospects, recruits, trades, anything. Uh, So definitely make sure you hop in the Discord. And then lastly, and most importantly, if you're a fan of home field apparel, like we all are over here at C2C, then we have some good news. We do have a partnership now with them where you can use promo code campus to canton campus the number two canton for 15 percent off of your order so if you're checking out their collection you're thinking about buying something there has never been a better time uh we're gonna be running some promotions around that new partnership as well so definitely stay tuned oh there's if you so i actually just bought some some stuff today i bought a a new ohio state shirt and a was it arizona yeah an arizona one um if you buy something and use the code take a picture of it and send it to us on twitter with actual proof of that and you will have a chance to be entered to win all three guides this year and if you're an nil member we have a secret thing that we're giving away to you that i don't think that's been announced yet so i don't want to say that and get austin to yell at me but you can get all three guides if you haven't, and if you've got two of them, I'm sure we can figure out something else to, yeah. to hook you. Just take, go buy some stuff from Homefield Apparel. Use the promo code. Take a picture. Send it to us. We're trying to show them that we are the best college community out there. They're supporting us. We want to support them. Exactly. Exactly. I've had some things I've had my eye on, and I am definitely gonna definitely gonna make a couple purchases here. Now that the wedding's all paid off and the honeymoon, all that good stuff, I got I got some disposable income. Oh, I hear it's Father's Day is right around the corner. I just bought Ooh. a couple things. It's like, here you go. But you didn't look now. You don't have to worry about getting me anything, Paula. This is from you. Thank you. <laughs> love you. It's just how I do my love that. Um, all right. We'll get into a couple of NFL news items here uh, as I was gone. So there is one that will hit uh, last. That's a little bit older, but we'll start here with John Lynch is incredibly encouraged by Brock Purdy's first throwing session after that UCL surgery on his elbow. Uh, Trey Lance also says he feels 100% back from his fractured ankle that he fractured in week two of last year. Trey Lance has reportedly been receiving all the reps with the ones so far. As of this week, Darnold has been playing with the twos. 
So that quarterback room starting to get a little healthier. It sounds like. Uh, what are we doing here? Are you are you team Lance? Are you team Purdy? I'm I'm team no one if possible. But nope. if I had to pick one, I do think Lance is going to end up starting the year. They used a first round pick on him. They've got to figure out what he is or isn't. I, I don't know that he will continue to be the starter. You know, I've mentioned on here before or on the network that I don't necessarily think he was that good in any of the games it's been a very limited sample size but i think it's not unfair to say we all knew he was a project coming into the nfl having to take such a massive jump from the fcs to the nfl and then he's been injured and i thought he had time to he needed time to develop and i don't know that he got that because of the injuries with purdy i just don't know when he's going to come back is you know i mentioned beginning of the podcast i am a big baseball fan i watch a lot of baseball Man, these UCL injuries are not easy to come back from. It almost sounds like what Big Ben had to deal with. And I know he was obviously on the back end of his career, but look at how much he struggled in those past couple years. He could not get the ball down the field the way he used to. And I don't think Brock Purdy had necessarily one of the strongest arms to begin with. And so coming back from that, like I think Lance is going to get the first shot. If you don't think he's good, then I think Brock Purdy is eventually going to get on the field, which I do think will happen. Uh, but I do think Lance will end up being the starter at, at to at least kick off the season, assuming he's healthy. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Lance will be the one who starts the season, especially with Purdy still recovering from that. I, I mean, he injured that. I don't think it was like the last week of the season, I think. Right. Yeah, it was. Or it was. I think it was the playoffs. Or the wasn't playoff it? game. I think it was in the playoffs. Yeah, because okay. they. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. They didn't make the Super Bowl. They were in the championship game, though, I think, weren't they? The NFC championship? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's where he either heard it the game before or in that game. Because I remember like they were trying to figure out who was going to play quarterback, and then they kept putting him in at one point, and he couldn't <laughs> actually throw the ball because they didn't know what was – I don't think they knew at that time that it was like a torn UCL. So, yeah, I just – yeah, I don't think he's going to be ready to go to start the season. Yeah, I don't think he will either. So I think it'll be Lance. I'm with you, though. I think Lance has the highest ceiling. So if I'm betting on any of them, it's Lance. I think Purdy is a very replaceable cog in that San Francisco offense. I mean, we've seen Nick Mullins was good in that offense. CJ Beathard had some moments in that offense. I don't think I think Jimmy G is good. I don't think he's great. And he looked good in that offense like that offense can function with just about anybody at quarterback. So, and they last pick of the draft in Brock Purdy. It's not like they're tied to him at all. Like it's a good story. If, if Lance ends up flopping, then I do think they'll go back to Purdy at some point. They have Sam Darnold there too, to hold them over. If something happens to Lance uh, and Purdy's not ready, but I'm not really team Purdy. I think he's very replaceable. I don't want to start him really on any of my, uh, rosters like if I have to start him like it's a lost season for me I'm just flushing it uh, whereas Trey Lance I think does have like a, a QB1 ceiling so give me that possibility rather than the replacement cog in Purdy no yeah I I, I agree with that what what would you tra would you trade to get Lance on your team right now <laughs> oh I traded uh last year tw uh, I made two trades to acquire Lance um so I I would trade for Lance. I think his value is low enough that I would be interested in getting him. I don't know how much lower his value will get. 
and he'll still be able to bounce back. I think if he falls flat on his face this year, at the beginning of the year, I think he's probably done in San Francisco. And at that point, yeah, his value will get lower, but you're not going to want to acquire him. I think this is the lowest his value is where you still might want to acquire him. So I would be willing to make a trade for him. I'm probably not spending a ton on him. I wouldn't give up um, a first round pick this year. I don't think maybe like the 112 or the 111 and like nobody else is on the board that I want. I would maybe consider it at that point, but I'd be looking more at like an early second. I'd maybe throw in a complimentary piece in there too, if they wanted like a, a Damian Pierce or like a James Cook, if they were going like that. So I'd go like in that route to get Lance, but I'm not going to, I would buy him. I'm not actively looking to buy him in a lot of places because I already have a lot. That's fair. Uh, The other news item we have here that's more recent, Robert Salah is, quote, very optimistic about Brees Hall being ready by week one after he tore his ACL in October of last year. Uh, He said he looks, quote, very strong in OTAs. It's been 10 months. Once the start of the season, once the season starts, it'll have been 10 months since his ACL tear. Uh, How confident are you in Brees Hall for this season? Uh, Probably like a 7.5, maybe an 8 out of 10. I mean, he's never had any serious injuries before. I I don't want to use the generic term that like it's just an ACL because we have seen some running backs not quite come back as strong as others have. You know, I, I, I really feel like Adrian Peterson ruined that for everybody coming back after what felt like, you know, 12 weeks and almost breaking the rushing record. But I, I do think Brees Hall is a good enough player that, like, you know, I don't necessarily believe the combine numbers. I think that track was was juiced a little bit. I think that he's a perfectly fine player that even if he lost a little bit of speed, that wasn't necessarily the main part of his game. So I think he's going to be fine. I think having a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers helps him out. I don't really worry that much about, you know, Israel Abanaconda. I think he's a good player, but I still think he's a little bit raw. I don't know that he's a guy that's really going to challenge him. I know they brought somebody in this offseason, didn't they? Now I can't remember for the life of me who it is. So was it G- No, James Robinson was there. He's James Robinson's in New England now, I think, right? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I, I can't remember. I'm going to find it because it's going to drive me crazy if I don't know who it is. So they brought in. No, it was just Israel Bonaconda. So, like, you know, I know Zonovan Knight was signed at the end of the season. He's a seventh round pick for a reason, folks. Like, let's not let's not get ahead of our skis here. So I, I think Brees Hall is going to be fine. My big thing would be I'd imagine to start off the season, you're probably going to see a little bit more of a time split between him and Michael Carter. But I think once the season starts going and you see him kind of slowly getting back to what he was, he'll get back to that dude who was absolutely dominant as a rookie. Yeah, I'm I'm a little less optimistic on him this season. I mean, more recently, we've seen some running backs take a little bit longer to come back from their knee injuries. Guys like J.K. Dobbins took a little bit to come back. Um so I think every every injury is different. Um, Ten months does leave me with a, at least a little bit of optimism, but I do prefer like a full year. So I think I'm less confident to start the season. But like you said, I think as the season goes on, uh, you know, towards the back half of the, the year, I think he could get back to what he was before. And I think he could be a league winning type guy. So he's a guy that I'm probably looking to buy 
after the first couple of weeks, because I do think he's going to struggle a little bit. I think it is going to be a timeshare with Carter. And I do like Izzy A, uh, Abanaconda there. So, I mean, I think he's a talented back. I could see him getting a little bit of burn early as well. And people just kind of getting frustrated with Hall. And then we're going to be reminded how good Hall is. Like Hall is a very good running back. He was the best running back in last year's class by a pretty wide margin for me. I was originally team Spiller, uh, and that ended up being wrong. And as the draft process went on, I've lowered Spiller further and further. And the gap just grew between Hall and the rest of those guys. So I'm a big Hall fan. I think by the end of the year, like you said, he's going to be back into form. Uh, it's just the start of the season has me a little worried. Uh, moving into the last note here, and this is the one that's a little bit older. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was released. So because Austin doesn't believe in Canton Bound, he doesn't like the NFL at all. Um, we haven't talked about that on this network at all. Yeah. So. DeAndre Hopkins released by the Cardinals, not necessarily super surprising as the rumors were growing. You know, everybody said they were looking to trade him. Didn't happen. Um, it's rumored that Buffalo or Kansas City are the favorites right now. Uh, I think um, if he goes to Kansas City, that hype train is just going to go insane. But where do you where do you want to see him end up besides I mean, Cleveland? to be reunited with Deshaun Watson and all that good stuff. I mean, it would be great, but, you know, everybody loves Donovan Peoples-Jones, Mari Cooper, and 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 Hopkins there on the outside would be amazing. It probably would be KC. I mean, just because they pass the ball more. Like, I, I do think he'd obviously be a, an amazing fit in Buffalo as the two opposite of Stephon Diggs. You know, I, I like Gabe Davis, but he's not really been able to put it all together and, and then be the guy that people wanted him to be. Where if he was in Kansas City, I would I could see him getting the volume and production to be an absolute stud like he was in Arizona. So I do think Casey's probably the obvious landing spot. And I actually don't think that the the fantasy excitement would be too overblown because I don't think Hopkins is really over the hill. And, and Mahomes does seem like the kind of quarterback who will heavily target him like he does Travis Kelsey. So he'll probably – I don't know that he'll be like a top – you know, one through five, but I think he'd easily finish top 10 next year if he ends up going to Kansas City. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think in terms of redraft, he would probably be a top 10 wide receiver for me if he ends up in Kansas City. So I think that wide receiver room is is barren. I mean, we're hearing them hype up Kadarius Tony as a possible wide receiver one. We're hearing some John Ross or uh, Justin Ross hype. John Ross is there too. Um, you know, Sky Moore, like this is just a room full of guys who are very unimpressive. Um, so they need a, a number one guy. I mean, Travis Kelsey is essentially a de facto wide receiver one yeah. playing tight end, which is what makes him so valuable. Uh, but I think even he could benefit from a guy like Hopkins coming in and taking a little bit of attention off of him because if Kansas City rolls into the season with this wide receiver core and only Travis Kelsey, guess what? Travis Kelsey is going to get a lot of attention. So those guys don't scare anybody else over there. So I, I do think DeAndre Hopkins going to Kansas City would be great. Buffalo has a bunch of wide receivers. I would be less thrilled about that, to be honest. Um, and I've also heard Dallas being a rumor. I, I wouldn't be a huge fan of that, to be honest. I, I like CD Lamb. 
Yeah. I think um, Michael Gallup sounds like he's kind of getting back into form a little bit too after he's been injured for a stop while. It. Stop it, Tom. <laughs> stop. I I I'm, I don't like I'm not going to say I like Gallup, but I I would roster Gallup at this point. I would not cut him. You're right. You would roster Gallup, but if DeAndre Hopkins were to go to Dallas, you'd be like, "Okay, I'm going to you would take DeAndre Hopkins over Michael yes, Gallup." I, absolutely. I wouldn't mind Dallas as much. I actually would prefer that over See, I don't know if I want to say over Buffalo. I think Buffalo could be a really good landing spot. I mean, we, we've seen him support two wide receivers. It was really only Cole Beasley was the second one. But I like Dallas because I don't think Dak is horrible. He's not great. They do pass the ball a lot. They don't have anybody opposite, opposite of CD Lamb. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I'm not big on Michael Gallup anymore. I mean, you know. That's fair. Right, what, what's, they have Brandon the, Cooks too. Brandon Cooks came yeah, over. Yeah, they, they do have Brandon Cooks. So I think it'll be good because that's what I was. It fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Don't no, get fooled was, again. Is that what? Is that what George? That's Bush the George did? Bush line. Yeah, yeah it's fool what, me once, shame the, on, the, shame the, on, fool me twice. Don't yeah. get fooled again. Yeah, it was just like <laughs> my problem is I've said that like four times about Michael Gallo because I yeah. keep wishing him into existence. It's just not happening. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so let's say he does, let's say Hopkins does go to Kansas city. Um, uh, you said you don't think he's over the hill. Where does that, what does that do for his, oh, his dynasty value for me? Cause he has dropped a good bit in my dynasty rankings. Man, that's a good question. If only I did dynasty rankings, I probably would. Now oh, okay. I feel like Austin. Over I was just going to say, like, okay, well, I don't Austin. ever do okay, rankings. Austin. So I was trying to quickly pull them up so I can look at, cause you guys do an amazing job. And I, I actually use, your guys rankings when oh, I when you. I do my stuff, but I don't uh, I don't rank NFL stuff anymore. Mostly just because I'm lazy. Don't look not too closely I don't at mine. I have to I have to update mine because so, the last month has been a little crazy for me. I'm pretty behind on my ranking updates, but I'd probably put him at. Oh, man, that's a good top 12, 13. I would put him ahead of JSN right now. Wow. for um, Dynasty. OK, yeah, because I don't. He's the kind of wide receiver that I think will, I don't want to say age gracefully, but like his game has never been about like explosiveness and creating all this separation. It's because it's he's got that massive wingspan. I mean, he can be covered and technically not be covered. He's that good. And if you end up, especially with the quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, who will throw it in a tight windows, he find, if you have just that, that millimeter of separation, he gets you the ball. And I think Hopkins can go up and get it. And that's a team that's going to be competing probably for the next two or three years to win a Super Bowl. They're going to be in these games. We don't ever really see them take their foots off the gas pedal either when they're winning games. So I think he's going to be scoring you fantasy points. I mean, I get, you know, I get in a dynasty league if you want to take. So like just giving a little peek behind the scenes here, our wide receivers, 13, 14, 15 are Jackson Smith and Jigba T Higgins and Devonta Smith. Yes. They're all younger but I don't think any of those guys are going to produce the way Hopkins would in KC. And if I'm telling you right now, Colin, you can get two years of top 10 production. And then that third year, probably top 20. I'm taking him that high because I, especially if I'm a team that can win this year, if, if I'm a team that has no shot of competing till 2024, 2025, then probably not taking him as it doesn't make right. sense. But if you're trying to win, I'm a hundred percent all in on Hopkins at KC, because I think for the next couple of years, he's going to produce if again, he goes there. Yeah, that's fair. We'll have to definitely keep an eye on that one because I think that's a good point. I, I probably wouldn't be quite that high on him. Um, I have him right now as my wide receiver 36. 
I think if he goes to Kansas City, he'd probably jump up to maybe like 30. He'd be hovering around like um, George Pickens, Michael Pittman. I think I'd put him in that range. Um, but I mean, his ceiling for a short term, yeah, for, for one year would be, would be incredible. Uh, we'll move into a little bit of rookie news here. So uh, the, the OTAs have started. We're, we're getting a little bit of news trickling out. Um, and I want to focus here on the rookies that have been standing out early on in OTAs. First up, Anthony Richardson is already splitting reps with the ones with Gardner Minshew, which everybody had you know said the biggest thing with Anthony Richardson is, is he needs time, you know, myself included. Yeah. I think he needed some time. Um, but he's already splitting reps, which I think is a good sign. Who do you believe starts week one for the Colts? Richardson or Minshew? I mean, as arguably Anthony Richardson's biggest fan at the network, I I can't Mm -hmm. really think of anybody else who's been touting him as long as I have. I I think I've been all in on him. I do think he starts week one. There's, There's no reason to throw Minshew out there. I mean, we know what Gardner Minshew is. He's a fine backup quarterback but i also think he's kind of lost some of that mullet power the 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 lasting <laughs> the jorts and, yeah i think some of that is kind of rubbed off because we saw him with a really good philadelphia eagles team last year when jalen hurts was out not necessarily play well and i don't know i like this indie team i don't think it's as good as the philly team that he was on no. last year so i think they just throw anthony richardson out there you see what you got with the guy he's you know i i definitely think that he improved and he was a better quarterback prospect toward the end of the year than he was at the beginning of the year. And I don't necessarily disagree with something that, that Felix has said and why Matt Waldman, I don't know why I could not think of his name for a minute there. Uh, Matt Waldman have said, it's like, it's just one of those things where he, he just needs more and more reps. So I think you just put him out there day one and, and let him go. I don't think it's going to be something that ruins his confidence. He's got that rushing floor. And, you know, I'll credit Mike Valerie with this. I, I know he said it before, and I, I 100% agree with him. He's he's not as athletic, or he's not as, he's the most athletic quarterback in, in history. I get that, but yeah. he's not as fast as Lamar Jackson. But I think he's fast, he's faster and, and, what's the word I want, more elusive than Justin Fields. Justin Fields almost set the rushing record last yeah. year for quarterback. Like, you can't tell me that Anthony Richardson can't go out there and do that if he's struggling to get the passing game going, which I don't necessarily think he will do because of the weapons around him. So I really do think he starts week one. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of leaning that way a little bit. I would probably at this point put it at maybe like 70-30 Richardson. I still think there's a shot that Minshew starts day one, you know, because like you said, we know what Minshew is. Like he's he's fine. Um, and, and, you know, he has experience with, um, Shane Steichen. So Steichen knows exactly what he is. If he doesn't think Richardson's ready quite yet, I could see him ruling Minshew out there early to start the season. Uh, but I do think it is starting to trend towards Anthony Richardson starting day one. Uh, and if he does, I think Anthony Richardson's going to be a quarterback that I target at like later on in my redraft leagues, which I only actually have two now. I have a work league and then I have a league that's been running since like 2010. Yeah. Same thing. Um, so I, I and I, I would probably target Richardson later in those, you know, with, with the thought that he starts maybe week one, if not probably fairly early in the season. And he has that high ceiling, like you were saying. Yeah. Uh, next rookie that's turning head is, is Devin Achain. Uh, he has reported reportedly been looking really good at Miami's. OTAs here 
he's a guy that I'm pretty high on. I have been high on for, I was high on him at the beginning of the year. I liked him throughout the process. And then he lands in literally the perfect landing spot for him. But so everybody knows how I feel. How do you feel? Where are you taking Devin Achain in these rookie drafts? I mean, hi. Uh, so I've, I've done a couple. I, I am still in a few dynasty leagues, some like home dynasty leagues. Uh, I'm in four, three or sorry, two of them. We've already done our rookie drafts and he's gone before pick eight. And not to say that I am a, a very good dynasty player. Uh, it's just most of these leagues. I've, I've been fortunate enough to be like a, a nine to 12 pick. I only have one that I won the championship in. So I have actually not gotten him yet. And I don't think I'm going to get him in the other two either. I do like Devin Achain. I think he landed again in the perfect spot with that offense, with his speed. They want to be that team that just uses his speed. Mike McDaniels. I mean, not only is he quickly become like my favorite head coach in the game with like his quotes and just the way he handles himself, but he's also just a very smart guy. I mean, you going all the way back to when he was with the, and people may not know this when he was with the Cleveland Browns, Andrew Hawkins, who was a wide receiver. He, he does, I don't think they do it anymore, but he used to do the Tomahawk podcast with Joe Thomas. Yeah. I loved it. I, that was fan. such a good, yeah, it really was. I hate that they don't do it anymore. I know. And, and on one of the episodes there, he talked about it and he even pulled up a tweet that he sent out and like, I don't remember what year it was. So I might be wrong on the year people. I want to say it was like 2013, 14, 15. He sent out a tweet that Mike McDaniels is going to be a head coach in the NFL one day because of just how smart he was. Like it, I re, I'll find the podcast and I'll, I'll tweet it out at some point. Uh, Cause he goes into like extreme depth about just like how knowledgeable and how like smart he was and how much he understands football for a guy who's never played the game. Like he went through and he learned how to play every position so that he can help scheme offenses better. Like that's just such a smart way to yeah. go about things. And so I, I love him as a coach. And I think they're going to use Devin Achain a specific way. So, I mean, looking at our rookie ranks, I mean, I'd probably still take, so like, I, I mean, ours are B. John Richardson, this super flex rankings, by the way, right. Bryce Young, Shroud, Gibbs, JSN, Addison, Quentin Johnston, Kendra Miller, then A-Chain. Man, I, I feel like this is going to be a little bit of a hot take. I think I'd take him all the way. I wouldn't be upset at taking him as early as six over all the wide receivers. Ooh, and I mean, okay. I like JSN. I like Jordan Asson. I actually like Quentin Johnson, too. I think all three landed in decent spots that, like, maybe they don't smash this year, but have definitely have a chance to smash in the future. But, like, Devin Achain, you know, for me, at least, I like to build my dynasty teams around running backs because I think they're just so hard to find. And in that system, when we saw guys like Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson have really, really good games, I don't think it's unfair to say that Devin Achain is immensely more talented than both those guys combined. So him being in that offense, I think he has a chance to just absolutely smash and not really worried about his size because he was running up the middle and being productive in the SEC, which, you know, it, it has kind of become a catch-all for like this minor league of, of football. Right. But he has been playing. Like he played against some of the best guys, and they never really played Georgia. But playing against guys who were going in the first, second, and third round, it never seemed to hamper him. So I'm, I'm all in on A-Chain with you. Good. I mean, you're if you're willing to take him at six, like you're even a little bit higher than I am on him. I have him as my my rookie number nine. Um, I, I do have those three wide receivers ranked ahead of him um, in in JSN, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnston, and then I have Ah Chain at nine. I would probably still take 
the receivers ahead of him in pretty much any format. I think those guys are pretty safe. Uh, and, and you have to worry a little bit, I think, with Miami and how they have kind of used a – not a revolving door, but they've had multiple running backs be very successful there. And I, I could see them having somebody else be successful there. You know, um, most are still there. So I, that worries me just enough to keep him behind those receivers. But I, I love Achin and, and I love hearing that somebody else here is in on him too, because I'm tired of, of being chastised by certain individuals about my, my love for Devin Achin. Well, I mean, I don't know that I'm the person that you want on the train with you because I get, you know, made fun of all the time for being the little <laughs> RB guy. So I, I don't know that I'm the one you want to be on that side with you. But, you know, yeah, I think he's I think he's an amazing player. So the one thing I, I just my one argument on why I would take him over the the wide receivers. I don't know that, as I mentioned, any of these guys have like smash rookie seasons. And I feel like if they don't, you'll be able to probably buy them for a little bit cheaper in the off season or even during the season where if Achen goes out there and does what both you and me think he can do, we've seen running backs get way overvalued because it is so hard yeah. to find those guys that you'll have to overpay to get Achen at some point. So that's why I typically try to take, if it's an RB that I really like, like we have a Kendra Miller up there. I would not be taking him anywhere near where he's going personally. Uh, so I, that's why I would, I would be all in on taking out chain over those wide receivers, but I don't fault you for that. Cause I think all three of those guys have a, if they hit longer NFL career than our chain does. Right. Uh, well, speaking of running backs, uh, the next running back here that we have, that's reportedly looked good. Uh, Tajay Spears has been quote, very active early in OTAs. He's a guy that I am been lower on than the rest of the community. He did get that, uh, Day two draft capital that I'm always talking about and everybody's making fun of me for. Um, is this finally the year where Derrick Henry loses some steam? I got. I have to say no. And I only say no because I've been saying for like the past four years straight that he wasn't going to do it. And then he's just thrown it <laughs> in my face every single year. I know he he did seem to kind of tailor off a little bit toward the end of last year. But at this point, he just seems like that special of a running back. That I just have to see it before I'm going to believe it. So I, I don't think this is the year that that he he kind of falls off. So I think they are really going to rely on him uh, coming into the season. Him and because I don't think they want to rely on uh, Ryan Tannehill. I was trying to think of because uh, their whole quarterback room is is just an absolute. Uh, as, as Jamie Tart would say, poope. It's an absolute poopy <laughs> room, so I, I'm just not not in. I think they're going to rely heavily on Derrick Henry. I don't know why I went Henry there. Henry, Henry, <laughs> you're you're still in your uh, still in your Jamie Jamie Tart yeah. mode there. Um, no, I I agree with you. Everybody's kind of been saying, oh, he's gonna it's gonna be his downfall. It's gonna be his downfall. And you know what? If he was an average running back, then yeah, he probably would be. But he's a unicorn, you know, and he's the type of player that you just ride off into the sunset. And when the wheels finally do fall off, you, you know what you pick him up and you say, thanks for the ride, buddy. Exactly. Before you, <laughs> you know, it's like a, it, like Tom Brady the same way, you know, people said for years that he was going to be done and he never did. And now he, re he finished last year was one of the top quarterbacks. And now he rides off into the sunset. It's going to be the same deal with, with Derrick Henry. So I'm, I'm with you there on that front, but back to Tajay Spears, is he the top RB handcuff for you among rookies? 
Are we considering A Chain a handcuff? I am not. I think A Chain okay. is is like a one A one B, and he, I think he'll be the one A. But if you consider him a, a handcuff, I'm you know willing to entertain that. No, nah, no, nah, we'll, we'll we'll stick with with he's right. not. So Kendra, Zach Charbonnet, Tank Bigsby, Tajay Spears, Roshan, maybe Izzy. That's six, probably, but probably probably the top six guys we would all consider handcuffs. I don't necessarily think Chase Brown's a handcuff to Joe Mixon. I think he's more the receiving back. So if I'm using those six guys there, I would probably take Kendra Charbonnet. And Bigsby. I'm not a Roshan guy, so I would take those three. Then it would be Tajay for me. Tank, I see having a much clearer path just due to the fact that uh, Doug Peterson loves using a two-back set. I think that Tank Bigsby is going to be in for a really good season. Actually, I have a bet with Mike Valerie on who's going to have a better rookie season, him or Roshan Johnson. I think Tra- Travis Etienne has been widely overrated. He's very, very boomer bust, kind of like he was in college. Kendra, I think he's probably considered the backup option, but if Alvin Kamara gets suspended, which seems likely with everything going on and the video being released of him stomping that dude, he's going to get starting time. So then I think he ends up having a better year than, than Tajay does. And Zach Charbonnet, I mean, I know he ended up there with Kenneth Walker, but they took him in the second round right around the same time they took Kenneth Walker. He's had injury issues as well. They've always been this run heavy team. I think he could get a lot. I think he could actually be like a, in a like 60 40 timeshare, we're like, I don't see Tajay. Even if Henry goes down, I think they're going to end up splitting the carries between Tajay and other people. I don't think they're just going to say, Here you go, Tajay. You're going to take over the Derrick Henry role and we're going to give you 30 carries a game. Like, he's just not that back. And the last time they took a running back to back up Derrick Henry, it was another G5 running back in Darrington Evans, who I actually don't think he's even in the league anymore. I think he's become like this youtube twitch star like this is not a bad thing like he's really good at what he does he's very entertaining but like it didn't work out and so i think if derrick henry goes down i would not be surprised if we see some kind of split between tajay and hassan haskins i don't i don't think they'd go to chestnut and i know they have somebody else on the roster i can't remember who it is so i I just i just don't think tajay is a guy that will come be able to come in and fill in as a lead guy where i do think charbonnet would if kenneth walker went down kendra could if if kamara is out and even Tank Bigsby, if, if Travis Etienne goes down, I think he could fill in and be the guy. Yeah, I think that's, I definitely think that's fair. I, like I said, I'm not the biggest Spears guy either. So you're not going to hear me over here pounding the table and, and arguing with you on it. I, I'm kind of along this, this of the same mindset where we've heard this hype before for Derrick Henry's backup. And, you know, for years they've been saying, well, Derrick Henry's backup is, you know, is going to be the guy you, you want to draft whoever his handcuff is. But I do think that if Derrick Henry does go down, it is probably going to be more of a committee. Um, you know, it's just hard to replace Derrick Henry with just one guy. And I think it's difficult to assume that they're that that's what Tennessee would try to do when they've you know drafted a couple of guys here and there. They have some other guys on the roster who could fill some different roles. You know, I could see Tajay Spears if he does go down being the guy who's in on passing downs, he's probably the guy that they'll have in there most, but Hassan Haskins is a hammer. You know, they're going to use probably him around the goal line. Like, I, I think they will have some different roles. So I'm with you. I think he is probably the top RB handcuff among rookies. Um, because, you know, you said and the other guys probably aren't that much of a handcuff. Like maybe you throw Izzy A in there. Um, if something would were to happen to Brees Hall and he were not to come back fully, 
you know, I would pick Izzy A over Michael Carter, but I think that would probably also be a split. So Spears, probably the top handcuff RB among rookies, but uh, I'm I'm still still unfazed, still a little lower on him than the others. Uh, the next rookies that have been standing out uh, is Tank Dell. Tank Dell has reportedly been bonding with CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud talks about Tank Dell all the time in all these interviews. They are they seem like they are best friends here. Dell was the most heavily targeted player by Stroud on Tuesday of this past week, which is the most recent I could find on on the practice reports. Uh, and that was only four targets, but still, it seems like they're building up uh, a nice rapport there. So where do you have Tank Dell ranked among your rookies post-draft now? Uh, so post-draft, he's probably right around 24, 25 for me. Uh, I, you know, I know that CJ Stroud seems to really like him. You know, if, if somehow you missed it, I don't know how, uh, because it was like talked about everywhere for like weeks on end. When Stroud got drafted by the Texans, he said, you guys need to go get Tank Dell. So he clearly wanted him. I don't think that this room has anybody that really worries me. I mean, you got Robert Woods in there who's, you know, was at one time a really good underrated fantasy star, but he's really kind of fallen off here due to the injuries. I know some people think Nico Collins is going to do something. I, I just don't. I, I don't think he's going to really end up being what many hoped he was going to be. They drafted Xavier uh, Hutchinson. I think it really does have a chance for Nathaniel Dell to be the best player in this wide receiver room. But that being said, I still don't think he reaches more than like maybe high end wide receiver three, low end wide receiver two numbers. Like I just, I don't see him. I just don't ever see him being a wide receiver one. Maybe he ends up being like that Cooper cup if he gets targeted a lot, but I don't believe in that Houston offense enough to even try and make that claim. So I think at best you're looking at like, for fantasy, him going out there and putting up like wide receiver 24 to like 32 numbers, still not bad for a guy you're possibly getting in the 30s. I mean, I've watched him go mid to late third round in all in the in the rookie drafts that I've done. So there's not a lot of people very high on him. Well, you're looking at somebody who's pretty high on him. Okay. I have him as my 17th ranked rookie. I have him just behind Jaden Reed. I have him ahead of Rasheed Rice. So someone's just dragging him in our rookie rankings because <laughs> he's 29 in our rookie rankings. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty high on on Tank Dell. I, I do agree with a lot of what you said. I don't see him being a wide receiver one. I think there is like a one percent, two percent chance that he ends up being like a Cooper Cup type of a guy. But I think he is good enough, and I think C.J. Stroud is good enough where he could be a perennial wide receiver too. Like you said, probably back end, maybe like wide, he hovers around like wide receiver, you know, 24, you know, maybe up into like, if he, if he has a really good season where he stays healthy and there's some injuries ahead of him, maybe he gets up into like wide receiver 20 ish range. Um, but I think he's going to live in that range for a while, you know, back end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three. I think he's going to make a really nice career there. There's really nobody else on that Houston roster that I like in terms of receivers. Some people like Nico Collins. I think he's very meh. Um, John Mechie is coming back and he hasn't played football in a year. We'll see how he ends up um, doing and looking. But I think this is going to be Tank Dell leading this room in targets. 
he's going to be a low a dot type of a guy um you know he has some wiggle to his game he has a yak ability to his game so that's not necessarily like a death knell but nathaniel dell is just going to be the guy in ppr who just racks up catch after catch after catch and you know he, he puts up some really steady reliable numbers for you and like you said he is going pretty late you know but i have seen a lot of people who i have seen him fall to the third round a lot you know i have not done a strictly uh rookie mo- uh, draft yet and in, in my two dynasty leagues that i have left um the one is about to start coming up here soon so i'll be curious to see what the rest of my league mates think cause it's a home league but i am like i said i'm willing to take him in like the middle of the second round you know so i i i like dell i think he's gonna be a long-term um like wide receiver two three definitely a flex worthy play for your team so i i like dell uh the last one that we have here a wide receiver news um, puka nasua has been reportedly getting work with all three wide receiver groups so i'm assuming that by that statement they mean he's getting some work with the ones the twos and the threes they're moving them all over the place uh, but matt stafford and van jefferson both have mentioned uh, in interviews how good he looks the rams are very thin at wide receiver behind cooper cup uh, they traded Allen Robinson this offseason. Uh, Robert Woods isn't there anymore. He was there for a little bit. They have Van Jefferson, Tutu Atwell. Not really anybody else there. Could Puka Nasua be this year's Amon Ra St. Brown? And by that, I mean a day three wide receiver who breaks out. I don't think he has that same ceiling as St. Brown. Okay, thank you for clarifying that last part because uh, because <laughs> I don't know that he has that great a season, but yes, he would be the guy that I would bet on in the fourth round of my rookie drafts. Assuming you don't go tight end, I feel like it's him. If Tank Dell falls uh, or some of these tight ends are the guys that I'd be willing to bet on in the fourth round of rookie drafts because, yeah, you mentioned it. Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson. I mean, Tutu Atwell has been getting some love in yeah. the OTAs right now because of him surprising. And, and you guys are worried about Devin Ache in size. I mean, have you looked at Tutu Atwell people? The people behind him, Ben Skoranek, who I, I don't think is anything special. I'm going to be honest. I don't even know who Lance McCutcheon is. Is that is that Andrew McCutcheon's <laughs> brother? I don't know. And I don't know who Austin Trammell is either. I have no idea. Is that um, – who was the – who was the – no, that was Treadwell. Dang it, Treadwell Trammell. It's close enough. Uh, oh, Alan I, Trammell was from uh, from Rice. He spent a little bit of time in, Atl- in Atlanta. Well, that's yeah. That's the no only idea. reason I know. <laughs> Figured he was a UDFA this year. Did not know that. So I do think that that uh, is is it. How do you say his last name? I thought it was Puka Nakua. Is it not? I don't know. See, I always said Nakua, and I've heard so many other people say Nasua. So I started saying we're Nisua. just going to call him Puka then, because I don't Puka. want to we'll call him. Puka I don't. Show. I don't want to. You know, disrespect him by saying his last name wrong. So I do think that Puka could easily step in and be the wide receiver three on this team. And like, I don't think it's that crazy of a claim to say that he could end up being the wide receiver two over Van Jefferson, because Van Jefferson really seems like that boom bust guy. Like he's had moments. But then there's times that he completely disappears from games. Now, the one bad thing about being, even though you definitely want to draft wide receiver twos and have them on your team so because you hope they get the targets against why be willing to take him in the fourth round, you do have to remember that Cooper Cup is on this team, and he is a target hog. He's going to steal a lot of the targets. So I don't know that that means that Puka ends up having, again, an amazing fantasy season. But for a guy who's consistently going in the fourth round of rookie drafts, I would happily take him at any point in the fourth round and just hope if he does turn something into, even if he has like a 70, well, 
I'll, I'll even go a little less than that. Even if he has like a 50% season of Amon Ross St. Brown as a rookie, that's still a pretty good wide receiver you're starting at times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, the way I frame that question, um, I know he's not going to have the same season as Amon Ross St. Brown. But what I was saying is he's a day three guy that I actually have some hope for. Um, you know, I, I've been moving him up a little bit. Every time I go into my rankings, I move him up like a spot or two. Um, I, I moved him up. I just moved him up to the my 30th ranked rookie. Um, so I have him clustered there with Tyler Scott and Keyshawn Boutte. You know, Keyshawn Boutte is he's the kind of a guy that I'm hanging on to hope for, but maybe we should probably let that go. I don't know. It's hard to say at this point, but um, I think Puka Nakua could have a really nice year. You know, like you were saying, there's nobody else there. You went through that whole wide receiver room and, and there was nobody that sounded good. And Cooper Cup's coming back from an injury. He has been injured in the past as well. So I, I could see him having a really nice year this year. I think that Rams offense is still going to be like, you know, it's still Sean McVay at the helm. This offense isn't going to be the worst, one of the worst offenses in the league. They'll probably be about league average and they're going to need to throw the ball to somebody. I think it could end up being a Sua. So he's a guy that I, I think I'm, I'm targeting in the, you know, if I have like a later third, I'm definitely targeting him there. Like mid to late third is probably where I'm starting to look at him. Uh, but that is going to do it for the news that we have here. Last little segment we got, uh, we got some buys and sells. You know, we're heading into summer, drafts over, rookie camps over, OTAs are starting up here. We're heading into the summer. It's going to be a down period. In those down times, that's kind of when I like to make some trades. You know, people get a little antsy. You can get some good value there. But, uh, you know, I also myself get a little antsy. So who is who's a player that you are looking to buy? heading into summer here uh so i don't know if this is going to be a a popular one or not i feel like the community is very split on him uh but lamar jackson mentioned him in his press conference recently with, with his first time back with baltimore after you know everything that's gone on with him not signing finally signs his contract but i've been trying to tell people on on a, specifically on the round table that i think he's going to have a really good season this year and that's rashad bateman i mean I'm not ready to give up on him just yet. Injuries really stopped him last year, but he did have a couple of good games. And I think a lot of people are looking at this tight end thing wrong with Todd Munkin. I get that Brock Bowers was an absolute stud for Georgia the past two seasons, but Brock Bowers is also their best receiving weapon on Georgia. If you actually go back to a time that the last time Todd Munkin was in the NFL, he was with the one Cleveland Browns offense. Do you know who the best two players were on that offense? Uh, Beckham and Landry. That is correct. It's actually the only time that Beckham went over a thousand yards. His time in Cleveland was also Baker Mayfield's most successful year while in Cleveland. Like they had a really good offense, both him and Jarvis Landry went over a thousand yards. And I believe the only reason Beckham didn't finish with the better fantasy season, because he only had like two touchdowns. He just did not have a great touchdown year. You go back through and look at what Todd Munkin has done throughout his time as an offensive coordinator. He does feature either a wide receiver in the slot or his time at Georgia, Brock Bowers, a tight end who typically plays in those parts of the field, which I do think will be the Mark Andrews role. I don't think that Zay Flowers is then going to get 
I don't want to say double targeted, if that makes sense, but also yeah. thrive in that area. Cause I know Zay Flowers spent almost 90% of his time outside at Boston College. I don't think he's going to be that kind of player in the NFL. I think he is going to be the slot receiver. So then that goes to who the other outside wide receiver is. And I do think that's going to be Rashad Bateman. You go back to what Lad McConkey did last year, who spent 80% of the time out in the out wide and was their second best player. He was technically their best second best player in 2021 outside of Jermaine Burton, who had, you know, a couple big games that buoyed him to more receiving yards than Lad McConkey, who also spent most of his time out wide. So I think if Rashad Bateman stays healthy, I do think Lamar Jackson is going to throw the ball more. I don't think it's going to be this run heavy offense or or using him as a runner more just because Todd Munkin's there. Now I don't think he's going to be a guy who throws it 600 times a year, but could they get up to 500 plus? Like, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities. And with Rashad Bateman's skill, I think he could bounce back to being a good wide receiver too. And I don't think his values there. I think most people value him as like a roster clogger at this point, a guy who's just on your roster, maybe all play him or he's a guy you throw into a deal to get a deal done. And I think he's got a chance to really rebound his value thanks to Todd Munkin coming over his offensive coordinator. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I still like um, Rashad Bateman. I, I think he is being overlooked at this point, especially with Zay Flowers coming in. But I thought Rashad Bateman was a better prospect than Zay Flowers coming out. You know, I know they both have first round draft capital, uh, but I, I think Bateman's a better player. And I agree with you. I think he's a better fit in that offense for Lamar Jackson as well. It's still going to be the Mark Andrews show, but yeah, they are going to throw the ball more. I think this year, you know, it's hard to run the ball more than what they have the past couple of years. You know, they under uh, Greg Roman, they've been perennially in bottom five in, you know, in pass attempts, you know? So I think that they are going to throw the ball more. It's probably going to be a little bit closer to league average. Like you said, they're not going to throw the ball 600 times, but I think they'll be hovering around league average or so, maybe down to like the the 20th most pass-heavy team, somewhere in that range. But that is going to be good for numerous options in this offense. You know, if Mark Andrews can't get all of those looks, somebody else has to step up. I agree with you. I think it's going to be Bateman. Uh, and I don't think his value has quite caught up to uh, that that thought process either. Yeah, I mean, it, what's funny about Rashad Bateman is I'm with you. I, I still like the the player a ton. He's actually one of like the first players that I think Austin and Felix and I disagreed on the most. Uh, we used to do back when this is back when Debbie Debate first started. We used to do like a Friday show where we would like record like draft profiles on players. And I distinctly remember, I remember that. Felix and Austin said there's no way he would go round one. And I was like, well, he will be a round one player. He will be drafted round one. And it it's one of the, you know, I guess I, I don't, I don't tout all of my hits the way some other people do on this network. He was definitely the one of uh, my favorite hits. Cause I just do think he's a phenomenal player. Like he, he's not going to blow you away athletically. And he doesn't, I don't, I, I, maybe you could argue separation is elite though. I wouldn't really even say that. Like he doesn't have that elite trait. It's just a really darn good wide receiver. And I, and I think, I, I really think this is the year that he finally thrives and kind of is able to put everything behind him and show us what we thought we were getting when he was drafted in 2021. Yeah. I mean, you can count me as, as somebody who didn't think Bateman was going to be a first round pick that, that surprised me a little bit, but I thought he was still really good. So yeah, I mean, I I'll, I'll count that as a hit for you for sure. We'll we'll put that in the map ruining column. One for thirty, baby. On my way to a Hall of Fame career in the MLB. It's not that you'll ever get credit from it, 
for um, your, uh, your, your co-host on, on Debbie Debate, but we'll chalk that one up as a win for you. Uh, a player that I'm looking to buy right now, he's, he's a highly ranked guy, by, but still by most people. But I don't think his value is caught, has caught up to where it should be. And that's Najee Harris running back for Pittsburgh. You know, he was disappointing last year. You know, a disappointing season still was RB14 points per game. You know, he was still like a back-end RB1 uh, after being like top five as a rookie. But that offense as a whole struggled last year. That offensive line was bad. They have since drafted an offensive tackle in the first round out of Georgia, Broderick Jones, who is a guy that people were thinking could be a top 10 pick or borderline top 10, like top 12, somewhere in that range. So they ended up falling to the Steelers a little bit. I think that was a great pick. They also pick up uh, Darno Washington, who was the other tackle at Georgia. Uh, I refuse to acknowledge him as a tight end because I don't think he's a very good tight end, but he's going to be a good blocker there. So they've invested in this offensive line a little bit. Kenny Pickett's going to have another year. He's going to be a little bit more comfortable. You know, defenses will have to respect him a little bit more. And I think that's going to lead to improved uh, efficiency from Najee Harris. You know, he had the 70% uh, opportunity share last year. He was eighth in total touches last year in, in terms of running back. So the volume is there. And he did pick it up towards the back half of the year as well. Over the last nine weeks of the season, he was the RB7. In points per game. So he is a guy that I don't think that value has caught back up to him. You know, people were stung by him last year a little bit. Uh, they, they, you know, he, he, everybody was expecting a phenomenal season and he was just very meh, you know, but I have him as my RB six right now. So, uh, you know, and I have Brees Hall ahead of him. If you, if you, you know, gun to my head, if I was a contender, I would probably look to take, Harris over Brees, to be honest, because of the concerns that I mentioned with Brees earlier in, in the start of the season. So I, I still like Najee Harris a lot. I don't think he's being valued as like a, a you know, mid-tier RB1, uh, as a top, top RB. So I, I think there's still buying opportunity out there for him. Yeah, I, I, I love that call. During the, during the draft, I sent out a tweet. Uh, that I thought Pittsburgh was like a sneaky winner uh, of the draft. And some Steelers fan came at me. It was like, well, it's not sneaky. We're all talking about it. Like, well, yeah, your, your timeline's filled with Steelers. Was talk. that, no. was that Austin who came at you? Uh, no, let me, I can't remember the name. It was something <laughs> like uh Austin ace. I don't remember oh, exactly. Okay. Something like that. I don't remember something exactly like who it was. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I love the pick at Darnell Washington. And even after he got drafted, when he came out and said that I'm going to be the sixth offensive lineman, they, I, I think that they're, they've done a lot in free agency in the draft to improve that offensive line, uh, which is not only good for Najee, it's also good for Kenny Pickett, who will likely check down to Najee a little bit more as well, which again, just helps rebound his value. And everything's like the dude played hurt most of last year. I mean, yeah. he was dealing with that foot issue a lot and still, Ended up having an okay season. I'm with you. If I had to rank him right now, I think I, I'd have him right around eight with like Jameer Gibbs, Nick Chubb, Javante Williams. I think that's a really good territory to be in. Um, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with you on maybe taking him over Brees Hall as well. Cause I think even, you know, even if he only rebounds to like 75% of that rookie season, that's still probably a back end RB one. So like I, I'm all in, I'm all in with you on Najee Harris. I'm really surprised that he's faded so much in this, in, in the dynasty community. 
Yeah, I, I am as well. You don't really hear anybody talk about him anymore. So I think there is still so even though he is still, you know, most people have him as a you know back end RB one or like a high end RB two in their ranks, like I, I think he's like a mid RB one. I think he's really good. So I think there's still a buying opportunity. Uh, the other guy you have on your buy list here, I love this call. I am 100% in on board on board with this one. Uh, yeah, so mine's Jerome Ford, and, and I've already kind of gone in most of my dynasty leagues and offered like a third and got him. I, I don't know that you'll be able to get him soon that cheap. I know that, again, I, I obviously being a Browns fan, a lot of Browns stuff comes across my timeline. Uh, so I have seen that he's been getting a little bit of pub yesterday and today in OTAs. Deshaun Watson's been checking the ball down to him. They didn't bring back Kareem Hunt. And I know Austin was a big Jerome Ford fan, even before he ever really became a starter at Cincinnati. Yeah. And a lot of us liked him and talked about how I thought it was a great landing spot for him. And I even said, I know we didn't do a ton of draft coverage, uh, but whenever we did talk about it last year, I said, hey, look, well, you may have to wait a year. You may not get a lot out of him because Kareem Hunt's there. But when Kareem Hunt's gone, I do think he steps right into that role. And I do think that's exactly what he's going to do. Now, again, he, he's probably not going to give you a thousand yards, you know, combined. But I don't think that he's that much worse of an athlete than Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, uh, now granted, the last two years of, of his time in Cleveland, he was injured, but put up 841 rushing yards, 386, and then 500. And then added in with his receiving, uh, what was it, 300, 100, and 200. There's more than that, just going around numbers. I think Jerome Ford could do exactly that. I know that the reports are they want to throw the ball more with Deshaun Watson, but Kevin Stefanski has never shown us an offense that wants to throw more. I mean, dude had Adam Thielen, or no, I'm sorry, had Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen and chased Stefan Diggs out of town in Minnesota because he would not throw the ball more. And then we finally saw how great Stefan Diggs was as a one in Buffalo with Josh Allen and at that time, Brian Dayball. I do think they'll pass the ball more, but they're still going to be a very run-heavy team. Kevin Stefanski's always run these two running back systems, much like Doug Peterson. So I think if you have Nick Chubb, I think he should be a guy that you should target to get because I think if Nick Chubb goes down, they will rely heavily on him. And even then, I think he has his own standalone value. Is probably, if I want to be realistic, he's probably more of an RB3, but I don't, would not be surprised if he has some RB2 seasons because Kareem Hunt was it? Kareem Hunt finished one year as an RB one with Nick Chubb. Like it's not out of the realm of possibilities for him to have a really good season. I think they're going to rely on him as a rusher and a receiving back at times in that offense. And I know they've got a really good offensive line, and they're in the AFC, which is absolutely loaded right now with really good teams and a really good AFC North with Pittsburgh looking like they're bouncing back. Cincinnati, you know, two years winning the division and almost making the Super Bowl. Like they have to score points. I'm all in on Jerome Ford, and I think if you can get him cheap still, do it again. I got him for a third-round pick in multiple leagues. Like, I think if you can get that for him, send it now. I'd be perfectly fine passing on, like, um, Puka Nakua and Tank Dell to get Jerome Ford. Yeah, I, I love those two guys, and I love Jerome Ford even more. So I agree with you. He's a guy that I've been trying to acquire as well because – you're right. I don't think the average person and I don't think the community overall has really caught up to what a value Jerome Ford could be. He said, I think he has some standalone value as the RB2 in a run heavy offense and an efficient run heavy offense. And if anything were to happen to Nick Chubb, I think he is the top handcuff. You know, we talked about Tajay Spears being uh, one of the top handcuffs. I think it's much more Jerome Ford. 
I think there's a much more possible, uh, higher possibility that he just takes over that backfield if anything were to happen to Chubb. But again, I do think he has some standalone value there. Uh, my next buy is Darren Waller, uh, tight end for the Giants. Uh, I mean, he he look he had a he's had a down two years the last two years. He had this back to back thousand yard seasons. He's battled injuries the last two years. You know, nine games last year, eleven games the year before that. Kind of disappointing. But if he can get healthy, I really like his fit there in uh, New York. I, they're, they're really lacking a, a go-to option in that passing game. I don't think Daniel Jones is the type of player who can push the ball downfield in, in a Brian Dayball-led offense the way that you know Josh Allen did. And I think Brian Dayball knows that. I think he's a smart enough why, uh, coach that he will scheme to his quarterback's strengths. So, you know, you have guys like Darius Slayton on the outside. They drafted Jalen Hyatt this year. Uh, they have a lot of speed, but they have a lot of speed that's going to stretch the defense. They don't really have a great guy to operate in the middle of the field, and I think that's going to be Waller. So I think he could have a really nice year this year. We could be looking at like 100 targets for him, honestly. If he can stay healthy, I think we're looking at 100 to, if he plays the full season, I could see it being like 120 target season for him. And I don't think he's being valued that way yet because of those two back-to-back disappointing years where he's been injured. He's only 30. He's not that old either. Uh, tight ends do tend to play longer. I, I I really like Darren Waller. He's a guy, that, especially in tight end premium leagues, that I'd be looking to go out and get. Yeah, I, I love this call as well. I mean, there's the wide receiver room leaves a lot to be desired here. I mean, I, I love Sterling Shepard coming out. He just unfortunately hasn't been able to stay healthy. You know, this is the first year he does it. You know, I, I don't know that he's still going to produce for you in fantasy. I, I personally don't think Wandale's that great. You know, we'll see with Jalen Hyatt. I, I don't think he's a guy that you can rely on. So then they go out and they get a guy that they can hyper target in a Darren Waller. I think he should, as long as I think the only question you have to have for Darren Waller is does he stay healthy for the whole season? If he does that, yeah. I think he rebounds to like that top five tight end value. So I'm with you. I, I think if you can get him you know, at, at the cheaper prices that I've seen him go for, I would definitely go do it. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, so moving out of buys, who's a player that you're looking to sell right now? Uh, well, we talked a lot about Deandre Hopkins earlier in the show. And even if he ends up not going to Kansas city, I'm out on Justin Ross. I, I get that he's getting all these camp pipe vids and everything. And, and Patrick Mahomes is throwing him the ball. I mean, Breaking news, guys. It's OTAs. He's got to throw the ball to the wide receivers on the team. He's, you know, you cannot throw it to him. So I just don't think that, unfortunately, I don't necessarily think there's anything to do with Justin Ross. He was clearly a very talented player at Clemson. I don't know if it's the neck issue or what. I just, as bad as that wide receiver room was last year, and I know he got, did he miss the whole season because of injury? I know he got injured at one point with an ankle or something, but I don't know that he missed the whole season. If he did, then maybe I'll be wrong on this. Is like he never could get himself on the field. They went out and they got Kadarius Tony. They drafted Sky Moore too. Like to me, this room is just full of a bunch of Jags, and, and I don't know that he's going to be the Jag plus that takes a step over everybody else. But he's getting all this hype because of the videos of Patrick Mahomes throwing them the ball. So if there are people in your league that think he's got a shot to be like this wide receiver two or wide receiver three. I'd, I'd trade him now for a third or a second if you can, because I just, I just don't think he's – he may have, like, two good games. I don't think he's a guy you'll be able to consistently count on. 
Yeah, I would agree with that one too. I mean, I I think the ship has sailed with Ross. I think he's a, he's more of a name value now. People remember the flashes of him at Clemson early on as a freshman. You know, he had a good, pretty good sophomore season too. You know, then he had the neck injury and the neck issues and stuff. So. I think people are just kind of wishing and hoping on him there, but I agree. I think that room is full of Jags. Could he be the guy who steps up? Sure. He absolutely could. What's his ceiling? I don't think his ceiling is any higher than what we saw last year from like uh Juju or a Marquez Valdez Scantling. Like I, he's, he's not going to be um this, you're not going to pick him up. You're not going to trade for him and have him be some stud for you. It's just not going to happen. I would be willing to trade him for just about anything I can get at this point too. Uh, But another guy that I'm looking to trade right now is Antonio Gibson. I've been starting to see some hype around him again. And we've done this before. Like Gibson is, he's fine. You know, he finished last year as the RB 31. Um, and, you know, honestly, a lot of that is because he stayed healthy for for 15 games. You know, he missed two, but, you know, he was healthy for pretty much the whole season. And, and he has been throughout his whole career. And that's great. You know, some people say the best availability, the best ability is availability. But we've done this before with Antonio Gibson. Until he gets out of Washington, I don't think Ron Rivera and that offense is going to use him in the best way. I mean, he had 46 catches last year. He had 353 yards. Like that is, that's really low for that number of catches. He's a low A dot guy. He doesn't really score a lot. They drafted uh, Brian Robinson Jr. last year. They just drafted Chris Rodriguez this year. They want a hammer of a back to be a compliment to Antonio Gibson. So his touchdown upside is going to be limited. And I just, I don't think he has the ceiling that that people thought or people wanted him to have you know he had he had less than 150 carries last year so is he going to be a 200 touch back maybe but the touchdowns aren't going to be there it's a low a dot guy so i'm using this opportunity to try and sell antonio gibson while i can yeah i'm with you i've, I've kind of been out on antonio gibson since last year so if, if you if you can sell him i would 100 do that at this point uh, so my other sell is Elijah Moore. And I, I feel bad because I've gone like back-to-back Browns players here and didn't even realize it at the time that I was doing it. But I've seen him also getting a lot of hype recently. You know, obviously his time in New York didn't work out well. And he was was like the first or second pick off the board in the second round to the New York Jets. Everybody was really excited for him. And I do think he's a good player. But I also think he's going to another offense that's not going to use the slot wide receiver. We've seen throughout Kevin Stefanski's time in Minnesota and in Cleveland, they really do not target the slot wide receivers much. And you may say, well, Matt, Jarvis Landry was like really good for the Cleveland Browns. He was. Jarvis Landry played on the outside almost 90% of the time with Cleveland. It, it, that was one of my big things about him coming to Cleveland when he was like, oh, I'm going to be an outside receiver. I didn't think he was going to be able to do it. And he did it. He was very he was very exceptional there. And they've got Donovan People Jones and Amari Cooper there. And again, they're such a run heavy offense. Like it seems like this value for Elijah Moore has like come up and everybody's valuing him as like this wide receiver too. I don't think he comes anywhere close to that. I think right now at best he's the third on that offense, maybe even the fourth behind David and Joku. I don't know why you would bet on the fourth option and still what I believe is going to be a run heavy team to end up producing for you. So if you can get anything for Elijah Moore, I would do it. 
again, yeah, I, I agree with you there too. I think he is still name more than substance, kind of like Justin Ross. But you know, everybody liked him coming out. He was a sleeper. It didn't really work out in New York. I liked he, that he was going to be getting a new opportunity, but I don't think Cleveland is the place to do that. He said he's probably going to be the fourth best option. And David Bell's still there. I'm not ready to totally write him off either. You know, I think David Bell has just as good of a chance to be the wide receiver three in that offense as as Elijah Moore does. You know, so I think both it's still going to be Cooper, Donovan Peoples Jones, David Njoku, still going to be run heavy, all those things that you said, but I, I don't see it with with more. So I'm selling him for anything I can get as well. Uh, my last sell here is Rashad White. Uh, and I know, you know, Leonard Fournette's no longer in Tampa. And Rashad White caught 50 catches last year, you know, and, and he started to force a little bit of a timeshare towards the end of the year. And he looked better in that playoff game than Fournette did. But I'm just not ready to invest in any running back on Tampa right now. That offensive line is not good. Wasn't very good last year. I don't think it's going to be very good again this year. Uh, they signed Chase Edmonds in free agency. They added Sean Tucker as an undrafted free agent, a priority undrafted free agent. They gave him a good amount of, uh, of guaranteed money. I don't think either of those guys are demonstrably worse than Rashad White. I think this is going to be a committee last year or this year. I think it's going to be a committee on a team that doesn't have a very good offensive line and on a team that just isn't going to be very good overall. I don't think they're going to have a lot of positive game script. Like this Bucks team is not the same Bucks team that was in the Super Bowl, um, you know, two years ago or three years ago, whatever it was at this point. Um, I, I'm down on Tampa Bay as a whole, but if I'm going to invest in a position there, it's not the running back. So I'm, I'm selling Rashad white while people still think he could be uh, the RB one there. And maybe even an RB one, depending on who you talk to. Yep. A hundred percent with you again on this one. I, I, I don't, I, I didn't necessarily love him coming out last year. I mean, I think Tampa Bay is going to be hot garbage this year. Yeah. It's not, it's not looking pretty. I don't know why you'd want to, have a, a running back on that team, number one, with a bad offensive line, uh, and then number two, a guy who I, I just don't think has got like any elite traits to try and lead that room and, and bring you really any kind of fantasy production. So, Yeah, I mean, could he be a back-end RB2, a high-end RB3, just based on his receiving volume? Sure, he probably could, but that's so replaceable that his value right now is is ahead of that, and you can you can go and get a similar guy plus plus for him. You know, I think now's the time to sell Rashad white. I agree. All right. Well, we, we agreed a lot tonight. Uh, it's nice to, to, you know, not get told that something's the dumbest thing I've ever said, or, you know, get chastised all the time. Um, you know, so it, it was nice. It was, it was a warm welcome back. I appreciate that. I'm glad that uh, my first show back uh, on the network here was with you. Uh, not Austin. Uh, hey, I mean, to to be fair, every time Austin said this, the dumbest thing he's ever heard you say, he's been proved like really wrong. So it's yeah. actually probably a good thing that he says that. That's true. Does. That's true. Uh, but Austin and I will supposed to be back uh, on Tuesday with Campus Life. Uh, that is the plan as of this point. We'll see if Austin's done throwing his temper tantrum. But I appreciate you joining me. 
we got to get you back on the mic. Uh, your your suspension needs to be lifted. To everybody, tweet at Felix and tell them we want Matt back because um, we do want Matt behind a mic here. I agree 100%. Thank you, Colin. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, check out the rest of the pods on our network. Uh, as you're listening to this one, Canton Bound on Friday, future freshmen should be out here as well. Uh, we have Chasing the Natty that drops on Mondays. We have Campus Life on Tuesdays. Back to Devi on Wednesdays. Devi Debate Live Wednesday nights. Podcast can be found on Thursdays. Uh, check out all of that stuff. We got it all going on over there. We got the official over on the YouTube. That drops on the weekends too for Saturday podcasts. Check out everything we have going on over there. Definitely go pre-order that CFF guide. Uh, But until next time, I'm Colin. And this is Matt. And have a good one.